one. Hey y'all, this is your favorite co-host, actually only co-host for a book world, The Great Escape. I'm CJ Peterson, and that's Mr. Michael Scott Clifton. Welcome. Today we're going to be talking critique groups and partners, yay or nay. But before we get there, Mr. Mike, how has your week been? Been pretty good. Uh, congratulations on your new book launch. Thank uh, you. You know, I had that last night. That was exciting. Yep. Uh, book three in this series, correct? Mm -hmm. It's a Christian fiction sci-fi trilogy, which I know some people are like, is that even possible? And it is. I describe it as Stranger Things minus the X or minus the Mind Flayer portion. So Stranger Things meets X-Men. And so, yeah, that's where we're at. Well, that sounds exciting to me. It's something I'd like to read. Thank you. Yeah, I was super excited to get it out. Um, we got it out in a matter of, this was like my, something I do not ever recommend doing, six books in five months. So book one, A Point in Time, came out on August 30th. Yeah. And then on October 1st was book two, Race Against Time. And also I did a Christmas novella on that day. And then on the end of October, beginning of November, I was part of a Christmas anthology through Texas Sisters Press that launched. And then December 1st, I launched book two for The Chief and Sarge, my children's book series. And last night was book three, Out of Time. So, yeah, don't ever do that. Anybody, authors listening, do not do that. That's just, no. I've heard of some people, authors that have done a book series within a year's time. Yeah, I've done uh, that. Which, which is mind-boggling to me. But to do that in six weeks is... Mm -hmm. uh, six, uh, five in, months. You know, in five months. Yes. Must have been lots of coffee and late nights. Yes. Um, bless my <laughs> husband. He was very patient and understanding and you know helped pick up a lot of the slack. Um, I have done a book series. Grace Restored series is five books. I did that in one year. Well, CJ, you got me beat. I think the most I've ever been able to churn out is two books in a year's time. And I was thought I was doing pretty good, but I guess not. Well, uh, honestly, it was it was something that actually happened timing wise. My editor couldn't take any books until July. And then my illustrator was having some issues because he was selling all of his stuff. So he had to keep making stuff for the book shows. And so he'd kind of keep pushing me back a little bit, which was fine. I got it. The only ones technically planned was the one appointed time on August 30th, the novella on October 1st, the anthology, and I hoped for the other ones. But when Super Hubby and I read through appointed time, he's like, you cannot make these people wait. That's too good. So I'm like, <laughs> okay. And I hate, I hate releasing books so close to Christmas, but he's just like, you can't do this to people. So I'm like, all right, fine. So I released book two on October 1st and book three was yesterday. So oh. super excited. All links are up on the website. So if you're interested, all of my eBooks are only $1.99. So it's pretty easy peasy to grab, a, get a hold of them. 
Well, again, congratulations. Thank you. And thank you for joining in last night. Um, it was a technical issues last night, left and right. So, but we did it. I have a headache today from it, but that's okay. Um, but today we are talking critique groups and partners. Now we are on two different sides of the fence on this one. Mike and I aren't, aren't normally on two different sides, but we'll find out by listening. You're going to find out why, and we'll let you make your own choice as always, but kind of giving you both sides of the argument. So Mr. Mike, we'll start with critique groups, yay or nay. Oh, definitely a yay. Um, Why? I think, well, I, uh, the critique group uh, can be anywhere from one person that you work closely with that, you know, reads your stuff, you read theirs, that you trust their opinion. It could be a couple of people. It could be a group. In my particular situation, uh, we have uh, a critique group composed of six people. And we either meet at a coffee shop, Joe's here in Mount Pleasant, uh, some Zoom, and some meet in person. It's kind of a combination of, of both. And, uh, and the composition of your critique group, I think, is important because you need kind of a, I think, a variety if you're going to uh, include more than one person in your group. So we have, uh, we have one that we have a uh, in our group, a person that writes poetry, another that writes uh, fantasy and steampunk, another uh, that writes historical fiction. Um, and so we kind of have a good cross-section. A couple of, uh, of people in our group also have done editing for other authors as well. So you get kind of a cross-section of people that come at different angles to, uh, to writing. So uh, but I've known of people who have a trusted partner that, mm -hmm. you know, they they critique with. Uh, so it's so when you say critique group, it can be critique person and it can be anything from, like I said, the one person to a group of people. I know in Dallas, they have the Dallas Writers Organization. Mm -hmm. I think they have like a hundred or more people that show up and they have sort of a very they have a different way of doing um critiques. So um, um, I definitely think it's, it's a, uh, it is helpful for me as an author. It's been one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Um, How do you specifically benefit from it? Well, one of the first things is obviously grammatical errors. You put a comma in the right, wrong place, or you didn't include a comma, uh, miss, place use of a uh, ellipsis or a uh, M dash, you know, just, it could be everything, capitalization, all the things that your English teacher turned in your term paper. So mm -hmm. it could be something as, you know, as pedantic as that, just as ordinary as that. But on the other hand, there is also those that, um, that make suggestions on word choice, synonyms for words, identifying cliches that are used, um, uh, POV problems where you're, you're writing and you make POV mistakes. So it can be a conceptual as well as a grammatical kind of critique where they're looking at your work and, um, and they can point these things out to you. Now, um, with that said, uh, sometimes 
and I'm sure you understand, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, CJ. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's, it's sort of the author's style or choice, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of whether you want the comma or not, or how, whether you want to have a one sentence paragraph or one that is half a page long, you know, that's style and the editor's, uh, you do the author's choice. Uh, and so that's something that, um, that, your critique partners may or may not like or agree or agree with, but again, that's, I think that has to do with the wheelhouse of the author itself. So but, a little bit of creative liberty is still in there. Right. Mm -hmm. And you do have to have, and, and I, everybody that's ever authors that have written that have been part of any critique groups understand this. You have to have a thick skin. Mm-hmm. You have to be able Being to Being an take... author, you have to have a thick yes. skin. I mean, that's just a given. Anybody who's super sensitive, do not be an author. <laughs> just don't you, do it. <laughs> yeah. You have to be able to take constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. um, when I was in, you know, I was an educator for, for uh, 40 years. Uh, and I was an administrator the last 17. And I would do teacher walkthroughs and evaluations. That's part of the job. Mm -hmm. And so I always made a point of telling my teachers, look, well, you do a great job, but here's some areas where you can improve. And I always made sure they understood that what I was saying was constructive, was meant to be constructive criticism, not negative, not something, well, you know, gotcha, that sort of thing. And I'm not sure that all critique groups or critique partners follow that. Uh, I think you can scar especially a young writer mm -hmm. that's just starting out uh i think you can uh make i think you can make them uh so discouraged after a critique session that they just don't write anything anymore and that almost happened to me uh so i you know i kind of have a personal thought in that and i'm not going to go into great detail as to when or where or who it was that happened but I did know I was, I had been writing and I've been, and I went to this critique session. And when I came out of that critique session, I didn't write another single word for almost two years. Oh, shame. See, I like, uh, whenever I do like a critique of anything, I do the compliment sandwich. You did this good. This may need a little bit of work, but be encouraged because this is also good. And it's like when you can sandwich it in between, it's more constructive instead of destructive. And even that little in-between portion, you have to kind of be somewhat careful in how you word stuff because you can hurt somebody. Let's face it. We're all mm -hmm. artists. We're artists with a pencil or a pen or a computer, however you want to put it in there, because we paint pictures in the minds of our readers. So we are artists, you know, just as much as, say, a painter or a, you know, an illustrator or anything of that type type or chalk you know whatever mm -hmm. medium you use and so we are just as sensitive as them and when we're putting it out there we're putting our book out there with kind of like putting your heart out there saying please don't squish my heart <laughs> you know <laughs> so it's like you know kind of help a little bit here and there but don't kill me it, it helps it, it, it helps to, to okay here's what you can improve on but also you know what have you done that's good you know they need mm -hmm. you know that that was a great uh, you know, scene that you described or something, but it has to be constructive. And you do, as you were saying, you have to uh, include the good things that happen as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, again, I, it's, it can be a, you need to be, 
you, you need to have a thick skin as a, as a author, as a writer, but by the same token, you flip that around. If you're on the critiquing side of it, mm-hmm. you need to understand that it's somebody's baby. And when you're making that, you know, that uh, constructive criticism or whatever, uh, that you're doing it in a way that doesn't threaten or discourage a person mm-hmm. over, you know, over the top. Yeah, there was one author. Um, I went out to dinner with a group of authors. And there was a new author and she felt with everything that was in her that she was meant to do this children's book. Well, the person that was the speaker for that weekend literally ripped her up one side and down the other and Mm. just utterly destroyed her. And I went up chapter where I said, look, you were given that particular book for a reason. You know, it's passion of yours. You can see it. You can hear it. Do it. You know? Take what she says and see if there's anything in there that you may be able to pick out and help to improve your book. I said, but it is your book. You do have creative liberty to write it however you want to write it. I said, she may know what she's doing in certain circles, but this is your book and your baby. So take it and run. Well, I mean, that's, I think we all probably can come up with a horror story of people who that either we know and in my case, you know, I'm a, you know, I was the living, breathing example of, of that. And it actually took another author that I had known for a number of years that I just happened to run across paths with who encouraged me to start writing again. All the things that should have been said during the critique session or process, you know, she brought up and, you know, and I started writing again and this, you know, the rest is history, so mm-hmm. to speak. So um, a lot of it is in how you package it. You know, exactly. Exactly. When I write my books, I read usually about the first 10, 15 reviews to see if there's anything in there that I can pull out to help with the next novel that comes out. That's what I look for because there's trolls out there everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't even, you could throw a stone and hit one that are going to rip you up one side and down the other. And so, what you need to look for is is there something I can improve by what's on there? You know, is there something maybe in particular or are they just being very nitpicky? You know, you have to figure out what it is that they're saying, how you can pull whatever it is out of there to help for the next book. So what about partners? Um, I've known of now, again, my my experience with critique is with critiques with groups with a number of a group of people. But what I've about known... like an author partner? Kind of like, um, well, I, you know, who I'm talking about. Well, yeah, I've known, I've okay. known, of, I've known of writers and authors that mm-hmm. that's what they do. That's who they 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 have a trusted friend or partner mm-hmm. uh, who's also usually a writer as well, an author, and they critique each other's work. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that uh, because I think you have a close relationship there. We're going back to the constructive criticism. You know, if they're pointing something out to you that, you know, they're not being personal about it or that being overly critical and hurting your feelings or something that, you know, you trust people like that, maybe to be a little more honest, if that's the right word, then maybe mm-hmm. you would a group of people. Mm-hmm. So it can work for, it can work for, uh, it can work just as well, you know, particularly if you have a trusted critique partner and, and you and you you know each other very well and you know strengths and weaknesses and you know that what they're telling you, you have confidence in that, yeah, hey, yeah, maybe I need to make this change or something. Mm-hmm. The, the benefit with a group 
and there are drawbacks to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. In a critique group, if all, if you had five people and you were the sixth one in the group, but you all wrote historical fiction or you all wrote fantasy or you all wrote romance, that's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that and you would certainly benefit from it. But what I have found is that when you have a mix of authors mm-hmm. that write from a variety of genres, one may be fantasy, one may be romance, one may be historical fiction, you know, et cetera. Uh, they bring a different angle to the piece that they're critiquing for you or that you are critiquing for them. And I think it gives you a broader sense of, of what you're writing, a little bit more validity to it. And I think it makes you a better writer. And I think they find things sometimes that if you were simply in a group with everybody that writes in the same genre as you do, they would not pick up on if that makes sense. Um, but mm-hmm. also, you know, just if someone is an editor or someone has, a, you know, like in your your situation, CG, uh, CJ, you, you know, y'all are public, you have a publishing company now. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm assuming that whether you like it or not, you're reading people's stuff, you know, they're turning in and you're doing a certain amount of critiquing because you're mm-hmm. looking at it, see if it's grammatically correct and that sort of thing. Yeah, a lot of yeah. it we do, um, at least. I when it comes across is how well would this sell? Okay. Do they need to go deeper? For example, one that I just read last week or so, great story idea. They just they were up here where they need to come deeper in the story, and I'm like, you need to come down here. Then there's another one that I read a little while ago, and I said you might want to change the perspective of how you're telling the story because it might not come off the way you want it to come off. And so it's like when you do have somebody else read it, sometimes it does help. So does Trevor read your stuff? Does Lydia read your work? Or how do you do that? That, that, that that's, this is my portion of the nay part. <laughs> um, okay. I don't like critique groups. I'm very protective of my work. Um, when I write a book, I've had. Could it feel confident in publishing their story because it was too close to somebody else's who had basically stolen their work? And so for me, I'm very protective of it. So I have edited it as much as possible. And then my husband and I physically read it aloud. I will read it aloud and he follows along. He's picked up multiple plot issues. Sometimes it's medical, sometimes it's military, some, you know, depending on what we're reading. Sometimes he's like, well, it was a little slow in here. What if you add this or this? And for those who have read the Team Angel series, some of those plot twists that make you really mad came from him. Just a disclaimer, super happy, I love you. That's where they came from. <laughs> um, but he's he's very good at wording, this is good, you might want to change this sort of idea. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the other thing I do is I do um, read the reviews and pull some stuff out for the next book. But the big portion that I do, and part of it you did touch on, is the editor. I have a copy and a content editor. My editor is brutal. And I tell her I would rather have you, you know, critique the crap out of it than have a reader tell me it later in a review. And so what she does is she sends it through her copy editor. So that's another set of eyes. So now that's three. And then she goes through and she does it. And it's almost like 
she words it as if she's looking over my shoulder. She's like, you cannot be serious. You cannot do that. Or you need to reword it this way or try this again. Or you've used this word way too many times. Try again. And that's how her comments are on the side. And that's what I appreciate about her. And she can be brutally honest. And so it's kind of like my own little critique group, if you will, between Trevor, um, my content editor, my copy editor. Lydia tends to read them after publication. And then, like I said, I do have some of those reviews. Some of the reviews I share for those times where I get really discouraged as in why am I even doing this still? <laughs> like, you know, publishing six books in five months. You tend to get a little discouraged in the middle of that. So you need those uplifting reviews. But then there are those reviews that point out and say, you know, this might not really happen in real life. Some of them I do take. Some of them I tell people, you know, some of my stories have portions of my life in them. And some of the reviews say, well, this is no way this can happen in real life. And I'm like, no, actually, that one was one of the true ones. So it's like some of it you can take and some of it you're just discard. And some of the suggestions my editor comes up with, I take and some of them I pull that creative liberty because I am the author and this is the way I do want the story to go. Ultimately, as the author, you have that final say before you push publish. You know, it's your work. And it's kind of like an artist that made this painting. Really proud of it. They're showing it to people before it's put on display. You don't want to be one of those who comes in and splashes red paint over it. You want to come in and kind of point and go, what about this part? What about that part? I like the texturing in this one. This shading is really good. You may want to check this part out a little bit more. This is good. I love your technique in this, and it shows this. Mm -hmm. So you've got that balance in there. And like I said, I'm very protective of my work. I don't do beta readers. I don't do ARCs, which are advanced reader copies for those listening. I don't normally share it to anybody until it's already through publishing phase. That's just now, where I stand. Now, beta readers um, are a little bit different kind of animal as opposed mm -hmm. to a, uh, a, a critique group. Mm -hmm. um, beta readers and are we're hard. Gonna, yeah, we're going to touch on those later, so don't say too much. <laughs> so, But the two are not necessarily, they're mm -hmm. not the same animal, mm -hmm. critique, critique groups and beta readers. But, I mean, I understand what you're saying about uh, you have to trust the people within your critique group. Now, if you were to join a critique group of, a, you know, a, a bunch of people, most of whom you don't know. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, uh, you really kind of have to have a, uh, a sense of trust, you know, before you begin in terms of your work and the people that you're critiquing and, and that are critiquing your stuff. But I will say that uh, going on three years now mm -hmm. of of uh, being part of a critique group that we meet weekly, and it's one of the best things I've ever done as an author. Uh, it's helped me immensely, and I'm deeply appreciative of the people that are part of my critique group because uh, they have helped make me a better writer, and they've helped make my books uh, better. Mm -hmm not just from conceptual things, but to grammar, uh, grammar as well. Mm -hmm. And, and again, it's helped me out. It's helped me out a lot. I don't even know where I would be now if I didn't have that kind of uh, support to, mm -hmm. you know, to kind of fall back on. And I feel lucky. I'll be honest with you. I feel very fortunate that 
I was at the right place at the right time to be able to be part of something like that. Because again, I have, I just, uh, I wasn't telling where I would have, where I'd be right now if I didn't have mm-hmm. the critique group that has helped make what I write a whole lot better than what it would have been on my own. And you're, and you know, you can spend money, you know, people, there are different authors and writers. They do things differently, mm-hmm. but you know, conceptual editing, you, you know, regular, just grammatical editing and things like that. You don't necessarily, I suppose, need a critique group if you're going to go through something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just depends on, you know, you know, what you want to spend your money on your time and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's different. You know, your situation is different from mine and we're probably typical of a lot of authors mm-hmm. that critique groups may fit or they may not fit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the well, thing and about there's there's no right or wrong to this. No, and that's what we're trying to say. There's no right or wrong to this. Oh no, Mike's not wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm not right. Mike's not right. It's right. what works for you. We're just showing you two sides of you know the coin. Right. Tomatoes. Would it tomatoes. be good? For, yeah. Is it good for you? <laughs> Is it not good for you? What does your inner circle look like regarding your writing? Um, mine consists of Trevor, the content and the copy editor. And then yours consists of, generally speaking, probably your critique group. Do you have an actual editor? Do I have a what? Uh, do you pay an editor to go through your stuff? I used I used to do that. Um, the To be honest with you, you know, two, there are two editors mm-hmm. in my critique group. So I'm pretty confident when we're done with that that you know that it's if there are any errors they're very minor and it's not anything I'm going to be worried about. Yeah. When, so that is my group consists of my content copy editor which are two different ones on Trevor's. Yours is your actual critique group. So we're pretty much doing the same thing but it's like how close is you know what does your group look like is basically what we're trying to say. We're we're basically doing the same thing but my group right. looks different than your group. Yeah. It's just, it's the same idea. But the, the, the product ends up the same, mm-hmm. hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's the point yeah. is, is that you need some sort of a content editor, some right. sort of a copy editor, regardless of what that looks like. Someone that will just read it and give you their honest opinion. And, you know, that's basically what your critique group in a nutshell looks like. Only there's probably more mm-hmm. heads together, which helps you out immensely. Mine's just a, a closer circle because I don't trust people. <laughs> you know, no, I own right. that. I own that. I, I do. From the get-go, I will own that to the nth degree. I have trust issues. I know it. <laughs> and so the ones that I do trust, um, they know it and they hold that close to their heart because they know that it will not go well if I find out that they've sold my story somewhere. And so, and I know that they won't do that. I trust them to do that. And trust for me is difficult. So that's why critique groups are really not a good fit for me. But it sounds like they're a great fit for you. Right. And, and you know, so, pe- the people people that may be listening to the broadcast may be wondering, well, how do you become part of a, What if you're interested in being in a critique group or being part mm-hmm. of critique group? One of the very, very, very few good things to come out of COVID is the fact that uh, Zoom meetings, you know, StreamYard like we're, we're doing here mm-hmm. uh, has, you know, the technology has always been there, but it's now, you know, it's available that you can live halfway across the state in another state and you can be part of a critique group 
because you can zoom in on the actual process. And uh, in matter of fact, uh, the East Texas Writers Guild, which is based in Tyler, uh, mm-hmm. I saw in their uh, uh, email that I received not too long ago that they have a number of members that are interested in either starting or being part of a critique group. So if someone listening in here is interested in something like this, you might contact the East Texas Writers Guild. Just Google mm-hmm. East Texas Writers Guild and they'll get you, you could, it'll take you to their website. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's writing groups near you, and if you can get into any of those groups, sometimes you can create your own little critique group out of it. Just make it your little circle of trust, and it's like, right. what does your, regardless if it's an actual group like Mike goes to, or it's mine, which are kind of close to home, you know, whatever your inner circle group looks like, you have to kind of have that for good and bad. You have to have it because they need to be honest with you, and you trust them enough to be honest with you. But you also have to have other sets of eyes looking at it besides just yourself. Because what Definitely. when reading aloud, reading aloud with my husband, it's like, did I type what I was supposed to be saying there? Um, <laughs> when we read through it, it also gives me the flow. Let's me know is that flow correct? You know, CJ, is that that's what a I wanted great it point. To be? That is a great point because you can look at your stuff a million times, mm-hmm. and you still yes, may never the see it. most obvious. I didn't put a period there. I didn't capitalize it. You've read it a thousand times. You're you. Are, that is a great point. Having yeah, another I set actually, of eyes. I actually bumped that magnification up to 240 when we actually read it. So it's it's big as it can be. Um, well, our time is coming to a close. So basically what we're trying to say is whatever your inner group looks like, you got to have one. You have to have mm-hmm. one for copy. And content, regardless of what book you write, poetry, nonfiction, fiction, children's, whatever genre you write, you have to have other eyes that look at it besides just yours. They'll give you a differing opinion. They'll let you know, did you get that? Is that the point you actually wanted to get across? Or were you meaning this? If so, it may be better worded this way. You have to have that, those people close to you and that you trust mm-hmm. to help you work through whatever it is. Um, so regardless if it's a group like Mike has or, you know, mine's kind of more an online group and in-house group, you know, whatever it looks like, you have to have somebody to get those checks and balances in there, right. people that you trust and people that can be, you know, flat out honest with you. Um, so in the meantime, our time is up. But next Wednesday on the 2nd of February, we're going to be talking reasons for writing fantasy and sci-fi from faith-based perspectives. I'm sci-fi and he's more sci-fi and fantasy kind of mixed in there. I'm sci-fi, supernatural, paranormal sort of stuff kind of all mixed in there. But we both have like somewhat of a faith based in there. So why would you do that? We'll be able to talk about it next Wednesday at 1. And Dr. Marnie Hill just kind of just slipped that in there. So we'll see you guys next week at 1 o'clock Central Time, same time. Same sandbox. See you then.